Welcome to the Club Club Podcast. My name is James Alvarado. As always, I am joined by Art Audio Cable's customer service interface extraordinaire, Anna. I'm an interface. (laughs) (laughs) Extraordinaire. (laughs) Yeah. She's like the girl from Halo. What's her name? Cortana. Yeah, except less annoying, you know. Wow, dude. Depends on who you ask. I... I love Cortana. I don't, well, I, I just think I of don't Cortana Hannah, so. as the thing next to the search box on uh, oh, yeah. Windows 10 that I have to close yeah, and I forgot try to it was from Halo or get removed. <laughs> yeah. They've uh, soured her legacy with that thing. Yeah. That other voice you, voices you've heard, one is uh, Acoustics Engineer, Patrick. Hello. Or Patty Mac, as we like to call him. P-Mac. I thought we've decided that that's not his job. <laughs> it's not really my job. I did study acoustics. I know I know about acoustics a little bit, but yeah. um, you should explain this every time. <laughs> I, know, I I forget what the like preferred terminology. I mean, that's a matter. fine that's way enough. to say it, I guess. Um, Zach is our uh, IT guy. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> I'm exclusively the talent. All right. Oh, the talent. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Patrick and Zach are the the talent. That's right. Anyway, let's jump right to it. Patrick, what album did you pick for us to listen to this week? This week we listened to Mr. Beast by the Scottish band Mogwai. Mogwai. Mr. Beast. This came out in 2006, and it was their fifth studio album. It came out in the United States on the label Matador, and in Europe on Play It Against Sam. Uh, And their manager at the time, I believe, was a guy named Alan McGee, and he stated that this guy had worked with My Bloody Valentine back in the day, and he stated that this album was possibly better than Loveless. Um, so, <laughs> fighting words well, praise from, just... uh, in some circles but uh... hot takes wow that is uh... as someone who has not listened to Loveless I'm going to say maybe that's way well, to it's the most it, well you, you're Mr. I hate shoegaze so and it's yeah, considered the best shoegaze album of all time wow so you, you've never so, listened to it Zach I'm either going to really hate it or really love it I've never listened to it no oh man that album's an experience I love that album um that is a way to immediately doom your band and not have unbiased reviews. Like, there's no way people can remove <laughs> that true. from their brains if they've heard that. Yeah, I, I think this guy, I think it's just sort of an enthusiastic person who was, and he was excited about this album at the time. This I don't the... think he necessarily, like, was going around telling that to anyone who, okay. like, it, it was just sort of an offhand comment, I think. But um, I picked this album because this band was one of the first like indie bands, I guess, that I got into. Um, 
when I was in high school. Uh, and this album was their most recent album, I believe, at the time. I think when I first got into them, this album was out and they were putting out singles from the one that followed this called The Hawk is Howling. And it was back in the era when we didn't have Spotify or anything. So you basically just looked up bands on YouTube and a lot of these songs were on there and had music videos and stuff. So that's sort of how I got into this album in particular. But I do think that this this album is one of the best in their catalog. Um, but we can dig into that more later, I guess. Let's go around. Uh, James, I guess we'll start with you. <sighs> I liked it. <laughs> when you picked it, I thought, oh, yeah, I have this in my library somewhere. I just don't listen to it that often. And um, went and was surprised to see that I didn't. And then I started listening to it. I'm like, I recognize all these songs. I, I definitely have heard this album before. I, I, maybe I, I must have like had it on a YouTube channel for a couple of days or something, and then yeah, they have a pretty big discography. It. So yeah, uh, Mogwai has always been an album. That, that, he says, you know, it's one of his first like indie bands he gets into. I feel like they're in that same sort of realm for me too. When I first started to really get into, when did you start listening to Mogwai, James? Probably 2010, 20, 2000, somewhere between 2008, 2010. Mm-hmm. And I started on Young Team. Yeah. And I thought it was a cool record. I thought that song Herod was amazing. And then I really, really liked Hardcore Will Never Die. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's like that well regarded amongst their fans or anything, but I really liked it. And always try to keep like up with them. I feel like that album's well regarded with me because I know that you like it a lot. <laughs> so I feel like sometimes yeah, when yeah. I go to listen to Mogwai, I like put that one on. Mogwai I, like, was always think uh, of like the album art and like you liking it, right? I mean, it's a big hit in our in the Operato house, household. Uh, Mogwai mm-hmm. was my wife and I's song at our wedding. So that's right. I forgot about that. Cute. Uh, anyway, I liked it a lot. Yeah, and I thought it might be one of my favorite Mogwai records in their discography. Maybe the favorite now. It's um. It's a good one. Zach, go ahead. I also really liked it. Um, so I thought I had listened to Mogwai before, and it turns out I don't think I have. Mm. So this is my uh, my first wow, man. Mogwai good for you. experience. That's a good experience. It is. <laughs> and I um, now I need to need guidance on where to go from here, you know? I wonder if it sounds like generic or whatever, because like... Yeah, that's post rock's been explored at this point, yeah. you know? So what does I it guess we like? didn't mention it, but yeah, this is a post rock band. So one of the... Uh, like defining post-rock bands i would say um if you go and i think that may honestly be how i found out about this band originally was i got into post-rock as like you know when i was towards the end of high school and was like man this is awesome i got really excited about post-rock i got really into it i got into it because my like really indie friend in high school showed me this extremely obscure japanese post-rock band called tay and i was like dude what kind of music is this and i somehow got onto the word post-rock and i think i went on wikipedia and found mogwai from there it's like okay uh, cool. this is one of the bands you should check out uh-huh. i can tell you how i found them too so i started getting into just different music i started going down the post-metal path and you know that naturally comes up to pelican and i remember like loving a pelican song and i posted on my facebook and someone commented like oh yeah post-rock that's really cool music and I was like, what the heck is post-rock? And then I like Googled it. And of course, Mogwai comes up. And I was a mutant at the time. So I, uh, or I was starting to become a mutant, which is uh, the 4chan music board. You know, the members call themselves 
anyway, uh, started to, I used to browse there and I would see the Young Team album on there. So I finally just grabbed it and that's when I grabbed it legally. It. Of course. Of course. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I borrowed it. Oh, that 4chan business. But, uh, uh, so, yeah, James is trying to ask a question before I went on that tangent. But I, I guess the question to Zach was, do you think this sounds generic? Because I, I do think it has a potential to if you've already been exposed to post-rock and then you now you hear this, even though I think a lot of other bands are potentially copying Mogwai or, yeah. or heavily influenced by it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it sounds generic, but it definitely, like, I remember seeing... This will destroy you. Probably the year this this album came out, so it it definitely reminded me of that. But I I kind of did try to look at this in the context of like the year two thousand six, and I would say it's it's aged okay, but it does kind of like sound like that era of music. Um, I to think me, that's okay. Yeah, I don't necessarily think that it's it doesn't really sound dated to me but i uh, it just sounds like mogwai to me because basically they sure are they're still a band they're still putting out albums mm-hmm. they, they their sound you know you know varies a bit from album to album but they're still basically just doing their thing you know they're not they've never really been concerned with what anyone thinks of them yeah. they just kind of keep doing their thing and keep putting out albums um so and i i respect that um but yeah, so I guess I just think, oh yeah, this just sounds like Mogwai. That's what they sound like. Um, we still yeah, need to, to get, me, uh, like the yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Hannah. Like give the us your production thoughts. doesn't sound like dated to me or anything. But when I was listening to it just now, before we started, I think like the very like end of the album. Like, all of a sudden, when I was listening to it, I was just like, wow, this, like, sounds, like, very 2006, like, just the way that the <laughs> album ends. Um, like, I don't know, I just feel like a lot of bands would, like, do that kind of thing. Um, I guess it does sound like 2006 in the way that post-rock was not as overplayed yet at that time. Um, yeah. And I think now people have tired a lot of post-rock because sure. it feels like a lot of bands are just derivative and kind of... Yeah. It The scene just sort of, I don't know. It can feel Stop. hard to do something different from what other bands do without right. st- staying in the post-rock genre or whatever. Like, right. Then you end up in other places. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard for like post-rock bands to like really sound like unique or like they're like I feel like back when this was coming out, you know, it probably was more like groundbreaking. Although I don't know that it was necessarily groundbreaking. This is our fifth album and it's not yeah. that different from what they've done before. It is different in some ways mm-hmm. um, but it's also not I wouldn't consider it groundbreaking compared to their previous work. Well, I've I've heard people describe it as better than Loveless, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure that when this album came out there were people already like proclaiming that post-rock was dead, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> probably. But yeah, so I guess my like kind of just I mean, I don't really have anything more to say for like. An did you like it? Thing, yeah. So I, I did like it. So I have you know kind of a history with post rock too that I feel like is just very tied up with Patrick. Because um, so I had like heard of Mogwai like before I met you, Patrick. But I like didn't listen to a lot of post rock before mm-hmm. that. But I do remember like when we met, you know, and like you do the thing where you're just like looking through like the music that you have like on saved on your computer, you know, because this was like. 
that a long time ago, you know. <laughs> and we're and I remember that I like had some mogwai that I don't I had just like gotten from my brother or something. <laughs> but like I remember that the genre for some reason on my computer was labeled as porn groove. And like I don't know if it was like a joke or like what, but I think it's probably a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. So and they do a lot of soundtracks, so maybe it was in one of those movies. You know, it might have been. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I I do like this album a lot. I've you know listened to a fair bit of their discography, and you know to me this one is very solid, and you know it's a very like approachable album. You know, probably because of like the length. Um, you know, it's 10 tracks. None of the tracks are like crazy long. Um, it's got, you know, some good vocal parts. Um, so like to me, it's like a very approachable album. Um, so, and I like it a lot. This band is curious to me cause you know, I've known about them for years now and yeah. listen to their albums regularly, but I never like hopped on the internet and like looked up, I couldn't tell you a single band member's name. I don't know what mm-hmm. they look like. I never looked up interviews or whatever. I don't have any idea of like what the band's personality is. Yeah. I just like, they're just this anomalous post-rock band, this anomalous you, you know, sound. I honestly expected to look them up and see that their band members were, had like a ton of other side projects that I'd heard of. And I was kind of surprised to just see that that's not the case. Hey, they're pretty busy with Mogwai. I know. That's what it seems <laughs> like. Yeah, it's, like releases. <laughs> it's like their full-time job. Yeah. It, yeah. It's interesting you brought up their like persona. Um, yeah, I feel like you could probably speak to that. Their more persona country. is kind of like they've. Okay, all, so they're from they're Scottish. They're from Glasgow, yeah, yeah which is that. you know a big city in Scotland. And I feel like their personality were, is very much like tied up in that and like yeah, the politics. They're very of that. tied up in like the kind of being Scottish. Um, mm-hmm. And they also have sort of a punk ethos and identify with like underground music and that sort of thing and. They're also sort of, they don't take themselves too seriously. They're always kind of self-deprecating and, and they're kind of jokesters to an extent. Um, like even like the names of their songs, you, you can kind of get a little bit of a, not so much on this album, but some of their, well, a song like Glasgow Mega Snake is kind of like mm-hmm. a little yeah. bit of a awesome song. Kind of goofy. <laughs> but, um, and, and like another example, uh, I came across this in an interview the other day, the album after this, The Hawk is Howling has it's like the the cover art is a bald eagle and it's sort of this like it's not a bad painting but it's, it's not kind of like garish yeah and apparently the album art for that album was one of the band members went on ebay and typed in hawk painting and bought the first one that came up <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of like just a, an example of like sort of not taking themselves yeah, too seriously like, you like said. yeah that's that's a great painting though <laughs> yeah it is yeah I, I remember, like yeah, I remember yeah. seeing that album cover all over 4chan years ago. Mm-hmm. And also there's another interesting thing in there about their persona, which is that I guess they sort of, in their early days as a band, was when Britpop was sort of a big thing. And they were very anti-Britpop. And they had this whole beef with uh, Blur. Right. And they made shirts <laughs> that said, Blur are shite and stuff like that on them. And oh, like, <laughs> that's cool. Oh my God. That's cool. <laughs> Uh, I would have been into that if I was in that area. I think this band... I like Blur, too, though. Yeah, Still yeah. Cool. It's tough to know exactly what they're... I don't know exactly how well-known they are in the UK. I think they're fairly well-known. I feel like you have to be to have a, a beef with Blur, but... Yeah, I feel like they are. And I think the UK, being a smaller country, the music scene is more insular. You know, even the indie bands sort of 
Yeah, I feel like can punch I don't know. up a little bit. Yeah, I feel bit like I've always like, kind of gotten the impression that it was like, oh yeah, this is like you know Scotland's band. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like I don't know. I mean, they're still like an indie band, but like I don't know. I feel like the average person there has like heard of them, but I'm not basing that on much. So favorite songs. So friend of the night is a big one for me. That's a fan favorite too, from yeah. what I know. So um, my thoughts about that song were like also one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, I thought it sort of feels like the prototype for a lot of the songs on like the second half of their career to me, or mm-hmm. the stuff that I've heard from that. You know, era. a couple things I want to say about this song. Um, I love at the beginning when it's just like the harmonics and the drums, kind of, and maybe there's bass in there too, but. You can really hear the roominess on the drums there, and it just sounds so good the way that, like, they've tastefully allowed the drums to have some character and some some of the room sound to them, but it doesn't sound lo-fi or anything. It sounds really good, but mm-hmm. I just love that drum sound at the beginning of that song when you can really hear them breathing and whatnot. Yeah, I love the way this song sounds. Um, and I... So last night Patrick and I were just like you know watching some random videos about Mogwai and we watched the music video for this song which was pretty interesting so you guys should look it up if you haven't seen it and listening to it today like I don't know I was just like thinking about it a lot more and um I started to feel like this song has like almost like a slogginess like similar to I feel like when we were like it was reminding me a lot of like when we were talking about parts of Summit like for some reason like parts of it were reminding me of that um like it almost like to me, like the piano in the song, like sounds almost like the like mundane parts of life that are just like, you're like getting through it, like getting through it, mm-hmm. getting through it. And then it's like when it gets to the, I guess like, I don't know if it's like a synth or like guitar or what that is. There's a lot of points in this album where I like can't tell if it's a guitar or a synth. That was like a theme for me. <laughs> um, those are almost to me like the like high points of life or something, you know? And then like, even still there'll be like that undercurrent of just like, Oh, this is just like the mundane. And then like, it like goes drops back to that. Interesting. That was my I thought, thought. I thought when it like opened up in the, like when the drums are like, they move on to like the crashing and sort mm-hmm. of like that start stop thing. Yeah. I thought the piano sounded really optimistic there. So I don't, Mm-hmm. I don't know. I kind of took like a different approach mm-hmm. with it being like a very happy song. I don't know. I think it's a relatively happy song from my yeah. perspective too, mm-hmm. but yeah. I, I think I like Hannah's interpretation too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that. I like the simplicity of the piano part here. Yeah. Like a piano virtuoso listening to this would probably be like, what the hell is this? This is like fucking <laughs> first year <laughs> piano student material, but I think it sounds really good. <laughs> I yeah. enjoyed yeah. that on multiple songs and this where it feels like, there's this piano idea and they flesh it out with all these other mm-hmm. instruments and it sounds really cool. It just sounds yeah, I think like post rock. <laughs> at multiple points too, like the way that the piano is mixed, it kind of blends in with some of the guitars in like a really cool way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like partly mixing and partly the way that it was written, which sounds really, really cool. And it happens a lot in this, this song where like, if you want to call it like the verses, you can really feel like the higher parts of the piano, like are the guitar is playing something very similar and it, the way it sits in the mix there's like right next to each other it's kind of cool Mm -hmm. 
another comment I want to make before we move on. This isn't really about this song, but something that James said made me think of this. You said that this song you felt was a prototype in a way for a lot of their later songs. And I actually think that this album became a prototype for a lot of their albums after this point. Like, it's especially the, the album immediately following this has almost the same structure where it's like the gotcha. second track is a short like loud, loud distorted one, one. Yeah. the last mm-hmm. track is a long loud distorted one uh, maybe the other tracks don't follow so much but mm-hmm. they tend to what's the album that's after comes after this the hawk is howling oh, okay Here and then I, the other albums after that sort of have a similar structure as well where they're kind of follow the same narrative structure through the album um yeah i did really like the sequencing of this album that was one of the notes i made like i'm not even sure why per se but the impression like I have here too is like it's, really well. it's more they started to maybe focus the songs down a little more yeah. to ideas that were more clear or like clearly communicated quicker or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this album compared to their previous albums has less filler. You know, that's kind of a harsh way to put it, but mm-hmm. the songs so like are I said earlier, down. Yeah. There's very there's no tracks on here that I would really consider you know filler. like filler or like oh, okay sure. this one shouldn't be there um yeah it's pretty where some of their other albums their their earlier albums i can sometimes struggle to get all the way through because i get bored at certain parts um but part of that is also because when i first got into this band i didn't have any of their albums on cd or anything i was just listening to what was available on youtube so a lot of their stuff before this album i don't actually know the full albums very well i just know whatever the singles or whatever was on youtube or had live videos so you don't have young team you've never listened to young team all the way through um i think i have you know once or twice maybe but i don't know it that well i I don't know it anywhere near as well as this album um Mm -hmm. i know it has some classics on it like uh like like herod yeah it's really good that song yes i'm a long way from home is really good we're we're talking about another album (laughs) (laughs) there there, there's a one at a time please there's a really good live recording of Mogwai on archive.org from 2006, which is the same year this album came out. So, Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, which, I forgot about that. I used to download live recordings in archive mm-hmm. all the time. A lot and of great that, stuff on there. That's yeah. something that I used to listen to constantly back in the day was this live recording because it's really, really good. Great recording, well mixed. And it has a great selection of songs. You know, a lot of songs from Mr. Beast since it was the newest album at that time, but also a lot of a good selection of the hits from, from what other albums. show it was. It's uh, Gothic Theater that was the venue. You'll you'll pull it if you go to sort by the most popular ones. It's up towards the top for Mogwai on there. You could choose that for your next pick, James. <laughs> it's Mogwai live album. <laughs> I, I am going to choose a Mogwai album at some point, but I'll, I'll <laughs> delay it quite a bit since we just went, went through. We're going through one now. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I but think it is in the plans. my two favorite songs in this album are Team Handed and uh, I Chose Horses. I think like 90% of the reason that I like that song is at the end of that chord progression. When the bass just goes like to like the open string and it's just so low. It just, it just gives me goosebumps. Man. On Team Handed. Yeah, yeah. I I think everything about the way that that bass line is played, it's kind of like your moment with like Sonic Youth, where you're like, I'm Sonic Youth influenced, 
Mm-hmm. I think I think that that baseline is it's something I would play, and there I feel like maybe Mogwai influenced me. I'm glad you liked it, Zach. But I've never listened it. to them, so I'm it's feeling like a... jealous of the experience you're having right now. No, like... The only um, note I really had for Team Handed was that it sounds kind of creepy. Yeah, I think that's why I liked it too. Yeah, it was <laughs> but it was good. a little eerie, little yeah. little bone shaking, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I but... wrote that it kind of sounds like slowcore. Okay. Um, yeah. Now that you say that, I can kind of see that influence. I chose horses as your one of your favorites. Yeah, that's very interesting because yeah. to and me I that one is I sometimes feel like okay, let's get this over with. Really, <laughs> I don't I don't know what it was. It, it, maybe it was just like the, the Japanese the the circumstance. I think it is. It's like the circumstance of how I first listened to that song was I was just so, like driving so what, home from what work. What is the deal with the Japanese references? Don't let, interrupt Zach. Tell the story. Yeah, James is not sorry. even listening. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to find this. Uh, it just Section like I, I you know i didn't even look up the japanese translation but that song just to me felt like like sitting on a train and listening to music and having like the guy next to you like be on a phone call and he's just like he's just like talking and he's like i don't know like melodramatic about like like a breakup or something like pining over somebody or something and i don't know it just felt it was like really interesting to hear it like that. Yeah. So I should probably look up the lyrics. I've um, looked them up. They're kind of just poetic lyrics about some sort of emotional experience. It, uh, it's yeah. hard to describe exactly. They're, they're not really about anything that specific. Gotcha. Yeah. The okay. Japanese person saying that stuff is the vocalist from that band Envy which is like a oh. post-rock slash screamo band from Japan. I thought that sounded familiar. I, I am I, familiar. There's a couple of good Envy albums I've listened to. Yeah. Yeah, my other... I mean, I like both the songs with um, with vocals, like other than... I agree. The, so that would be I three, really Acid Food, and four, Travel surprised. is Dangerous. Yeah. Acid Food is awesome. It's yeah. a very unique <laughs> song in their discography and a very unique song for a post-rock band. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. So like the country the guitar like the, twangs at the end. Yeah, the, like, the, the pedal steel I like lose at the my end mind every time so, I hear that. <laughs> so good. It's really good. So I thought that that sounded like Earth a little bit. Which I don't know if you guys like, have ever listened to the, just the 20 yeah. releases of Earth, but it sounded a little bit like that. And I also wanted to look up and find if I could see the if I could find the isolated vocal parts for "We Will Rock You" and <laughs> slow them down slightly and overlay it over this song because it is the same pattern. <laughs> there you go. It has that, yeah, like that, those big crushed mm-hmm. drums. That, I, I really like the way that sounds. And it, it's funny because I've I've tried a couple of times to like write something with drums that sound like that. And it's it's fun to hear it work because mm-hmm. I've always just deleted it. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds bad. Yeah, that's one of my favorite songs on the album. And, and it's just like the, the first, first singing on the like, album. So I feel like when that comes on, you know, you just like, you, you love to see it. I was surprised, surprised to hear the singing. He's singing. I didn't remember there being singing on this. Yeah, and I thought this was just an entirely instrumental band. So. For the most part. They have their 
moments. Yeah, Ninety-five to like ninety-seven percent, probably. <laughs> I thought the singing was a very good compliment to yeah, their sound. It is. And yeah. so it's uh, what's his name, Stuart Braithwaite. Yeah, he sings Acid Food, and then it's a different band member that sings Travel Is Dangerous. Okay, it's not the same person. Yeah, I also like Travel Is Dangerous a lot. Yeah, yeah, I like that song a lot. Yeah, too. Travel that- Is Dangerous had some guitar parts where I was like. I can see why Patrick likes this because it sounds like something Patrick would write. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, I heard it in when I was whatever in high school, some some age, and this is still probably like when I just noodle if I if I don't try at all to do something different than post-rock sounding things are what come out and it's kind of like your default yeah guitar mood and i just you know post-rock whatever you can criticize it i still love post-rock and yeah it's fun just to sort of let's just make like the most emotional like instrumental music we can like it's just it's very melodramatic in a way but i I love it yeah and this song is not really that post-rock because it has the singing and it has the verse chorus It does, but I thought it, but it does have um, the very, like, the post-rock guitar, the, like, fast. Yeah, very much, yeah. Like, what do you call that? Tremolo picking. Tremolo picking, okay, yeah. I was, like, trying to remember what it was called. I just said the really fast. I think Travel is Dangerous might be the first song by Mogwai that I ever heard. Oh, interesting. Because there was a music video for it on YouTube. It's definitely the first song from this album that I heard. I just, yeah, the verses in this song, I really like how all the pieces meld together the guitars and whatever the mallet sounding key thing or something mm-hmm. just sounds really good yeah i like the way the drums sound in this song a lot too yeah i just like sound it's really good as far as other favorite songs... Folk Death 95, I like. Yeah, Folk Death 95 is one of my favorites as well. I think mm-hmm. this is Sleeper on the album. It's not one yep. that people necessarily talk about. But I think it's one of the better tracks mm-hmm. on the album. I just always found it to be like pretty unique sounding. Yeah. Um, I, th- I like that one too. Yeah, it has like a lot of like unique sounds on the... Just built into the song i feel like and it has like a nice build up you know you love to see it in post-rock yeah it's just a kind of classic thing where they like play a motif and then they hit it harder later with distortion on it you know um but like it works it's like the it's it's the post-rock version of the metal playing the riff again but slower <laughs> yeah kind of <laughs> i guess yeah uh, one thing i wrote during this song which i think is, which in this song is true but throughout all the songs on this album is true is that mogwai is really good at writing bridges they mm. they always have a bridge that like ups the emotional intensity of the song i kind of want to hear way. them like write a pop song like it would probably be really good yeah 
Well, travel is dangerous is probably about as close as they got, but yeah. <laughs> or acid food. <laughs> yeah. It can't yeah. be a pop song called acid food. It's too twisted. Speaking of the heavy, heavy songs, uh, we're no here yeah. is very heavy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were going to thought you were going to say auto rock. Okay. <laughs> oh, that one's heavy too. Let's t- we, uh, we need to talk about both of them. Um, <laughs> but which one was he going to say? I couldn't hear auto rock. Oh, yeah. I like Auto Rock is a very is a very unique track within Mogwai's discography. It, I don't really know of another Mogwai song that sounds like this, um, but I like it a lot as the opener. This song was in a Nike commercial at one point with Lance Armstrong before he was it's... disgraced. But they've done a fair bit of like i don't know or i feel like their songs have been used in a fair bit of like tv shows Stuff. like video yeah. games instrumental yeah. music it lends itself that's to that, true but... yeah and they have like did the soundtrack for like that documentary mm-hmm. atomic or something right yeah they've done a mm-hmm. bunch of soundtracks now huh. yeah um it's definitely an interesting way to start an album like this because yeah. uh you go from this to uh like Probably one of the heaviest songs on the, the album. The beginning of Glasgow yep. Mega Snake sounds like a black metal song. <laughs> like it could be, I'm waiting for the blast beat to come in, you know? Yeah. That really harsh, distorted sound. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like I remember, that song a lot too. I remember liking Glasgow Mega Snake a lot when I first found them. You know, it's like, oh man, this is so heavy, so distorted. <laughs> the yeah. the guitar sounds sound a lot like the band These Arms Are Snakes, which is kind of funny. Mm, I've never That's heard them. That snake reference. There you go. Uh, your phone's doing it again yeah i i stopped it hold on one sec um yeah i can't remember now like why i wrote this but on glasgow mega snake so like not at the beginning but i feel like in like the bulk of the song like the guitar tone is like really emotional to me almost like they're like talking to each other i can't i didn't put down like a timestamp. stamp oh, sorry for like when that happens but i don't know yeah but that's all i got i do think it's emotional especially like for me, the really emotional guitar part is like the thing they do several times, but they do it at like around like 48 seconds where it's like, it's like kind of tremolo picking on like low strings or something. Yeah. It's just like kind that's of not droning. The, that's not what I'm talking about, but yeah, yeah that is emotional And then there's, too. there's also like sort of a breakdown in this song that's really cool at two minutes or so. Yeah. Right around two minutes. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, also we are no here. 
We never talked about that one. We, we got distracted talking yeah. about the other one. I put that that one seems like it would be a fan favorite, but I have no idea if that's true. I, I think it is. Okay. Um, that's what I thought, yeah. I think I had seen it like on random YouTube links yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Just, I think okay. they played that one a fair bit live. Okay. I do really like that one. It's just a classic, like, Mogwai, they have a range of different emotions that they conjure up in their songs throughout their discography. But in their early discography especially they tend more towards the despairing type emotions and this song is a big one for like just it just feels like that feeling of like i don't know when you feel like nothing good can happen or just like everything is doomed or something It's almost the same thing throughout the entire song that variations on that little melody that they do, mm-hmm. but like it'll go up and then it'll just like the guitars will fall back down to like a lower version of the same melody. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just cool. Yeah. This is, I could, like, as I listen to this song, I could picture, like, a crowd of from 2006, just, like, shoulders, or, yeah, arms crossed, <laughs> just doing this, just bobbing their head <laughs> with a, yeah. Yep. So, I, I didn't realize that, like I said earlier, I, don't, I never really looked at the band, I didn't realize they were known as one of the loudest bands on the planet. Yeah, but, I would not have gotten that from listening to this album, but that's interesting. Yeah, what I mean, does that mean? Just, I just mean, I sheer don't... air moving really loud. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. You pull just... out the decibel meter at the show, mm-hmm. it's really loud. I've seen them. I was just once, about to ask I you think, that, Patrick, if you had seen them in Atlanta. Okay, did your ears bleed? No, I think I wore your plugs because I wear your plugs to most shows. Actually, I might not have at that point. Um, that was early for you, probably. So, yeah, it was loud. It wasn't, I don't know that it was. I have seen louder shows. Um, you guys saw My Bloody Valentine. Was it was that louder? Well, we that did, was at but a, that was outside. Yeah, like it was at an outside festival, festival so that but limits the. It was really loud. Like the we power, were really far like, away from the stage too, so they, like, it wasn't lost that power, loud. Like after the first song, <laughs> they were drawing so, so much power that that doesn't sound loud at all. The sound system <laughs> and then it got really out. quiet. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but we were so far away that it, it honestly was not that loud for us. But yeah. the wow. loudest show that I've ever seen was a random local post-rock band from Athens, Georgia, playing a show at the Drunken Unicorn in Atlanta. They were called Aramada. And there was like probably five to ten people there. And it was some random weeknight. And the sound guy just, you know, whatever. Let's just turn it up for no reason. Just let her rip. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I remember I saw Boris. The first time I saw Boris, I thought they were very, very loud. And then... Second time I saw him, I didn't think it was that as as crazy. I think um, the loudest show I've been to was when I was in middle school. A church in my town had this like metal <laughs> all day festival. Nice. And I went and like you know I was in middle school, so it's like I of course wasn't wearing earplugs or like didn't know anything. Um, and yeah, like my like I couldn't hear for like days after that. Oh. Like it still haunts me. Like. I don't even think that I have like hearing loss now, but I'm just like, I'm sure I have some from that. Dang. 
I think I was I was in early high school actually. I was in middle school. Was this a was this like a field trip experience or No, it was just like in my town like oh, okay. You know, just like a non-denominational church hosting like Christian metal bands. That's right. I don't know how else to describe was it. That was a big scene back then. <laughs> yeah, just like I, scene. I uh, feel like Christian that bands. is like the thing for Tyler from tw- 2000 to 2000 11 or 10 yeah i I didn't christian adjacent bands i'm gonna plead the fifth on this one come on zach (laughs) you were i was in one of those you were one of the movers and shakers movers and shakers (laughs) um so patrick where did you see mogwai in atlanta the bridey playhouse okay yeah it was a really good show i've never seen them they had like a ton of strobe lights and stuff let me interrupt you one one more time one one thing before before we move on I, th- I think the ba- the body is one of the louder bands I've ever seen too, but it's it's low end, so it's like not as yeah. Like, low end doesn't count. It's not as yeah punishing. I, guess, I also think the whole this band is the loudest band ever thing is a little bit overblown it, because it depends silly, on yeah. the venue, it depends on the sound system. Sure, and also and it's kind of like you, you could never listen to every band ever to get there. Right, but it's clear measure. that like if you look, look it up it's clear that they have this reputation so it, it does have to be yeah. some sort of no they like to turn consistent it up. but i think also like if you really want to go see a loud show go to a small venue where the room is just like so small the sound has nowhere to go and the sound guy is turning it up for no reason <laughs> <That's> <laughs> go like, to a go to a goon show am i right <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah those, those aren't those aren't anything anymore <laughs> if you want we used to get really loud for no reason but, I uh, remember a few sound guys uh, getting mad at me because of you, being sorry, like, buddy. "Your guitar player has to turn down." I'm like, "Yeah, he can't." <laughs> sorry, guys. his knobs he only can't. go that way. <laughs> it only goes clockwise, bud. <laughs> yeah, let's edit all this out. Um, go on, Zach. <laughs> no. You were talking. I mean, Patrick, you were talking about the strobe lights at a venue. Oh no, that's. I, I don't really remember what songs they played or anything. It was too long ago. Mm-hmm. It was whatever songs they had written by that point. <laughs> <laughs> they they have probably at least 10 albums put out since that point but i think it was after bad cat or not bad cat that's that's one of the songs but after the hawk is howling mm-hmm. um came out it was a tour for that in the u.s so they played a bunch of stuff from that which i enjoyed i would love to see them again sometime Rest listening to them to again shows. this week has sort of definitely rekindled my interest in them and i've been really enjoying going back to their other albums and stuff so just Touching on that, um, this listening to this it, it makes me really nostalgic. Even though you know I don't have like a relationship with this album, uh, I, I agree with that sentiment. Honestly. So I was wondering, like Zach, <laughs> do you feel nostalgic, nostalgic listening to this, even though it's new yeah. to you? I, I do. I I legitimately like, like I said, I flashbacked. I looked up the date on that this little story you show, which was January of two thousand seven. Wow. Um, and I, it like reminded me of like that era of shows with like discovering post rock. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's just time. a thing that yeah. post rock does. It kind of feels like it's it sort of the stereotypical emotion things. of what yeah. uh, post rock conjures up is nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. think that's part of the reason that people rag on it now because it's almost become too it's like too easy. Easy, yeah. It the band's almost kind of conjured up too easily now, and that's what I like about Mogwai is that yeah, they're like a little they, like weirder, like different yeah, to me. Yeah. I don't and know. they started doing it before the genre had been kind of boiled down into a perfect science, like some of these whatever yeah. fourth or fifth, sixth, whatever wave you want to call it bands. 
Um, Before uh, Take Care, Take Care, Take Care came out. Well, which one is that? Uh, that's like Explosions. <laughs> yeah. I did not like that record, but the one they put out recently, The Wilderness Man, that was... Yeah. I really like that. I like Explosions. Uh, I don't remember what's on Take Care, Take Care, Take Care. That, I don't that know. That's why I didn't like it. Slightly different, I think, but... Um, anyway, sorry. I forget what we were talking about. My now. negativity had to interject there for a bit. Oh, uh, yeah, Mogwai we being not slight... They're kind of like yeah. somehow slightly imperfect... Are they snarky or no? <laughs> no. The music is not snarky, but they have a little bit of snarkiness in their personality that comes through only really in the song titles, but most of their songs are pretty much very serious in the emotion that they conjure up. It seems Yeah, like... don't worry. The snarky's coming next week. Right. <laughs> I like snarky bands. I, 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 uh, really, you guys got this twisted where it's like, it's not no, that I, I don't like snarky bands, it's that... I don't think that you like them or don't like them. I just want to know how you categorize them. I see. That's it. Yeah. I don't think that it's one way or the other. Will you tell us about this album, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Hold on. I've got quite quite an image here. I think it's very recognizable or like memorable. I don't think I looked at it too closely, to be honest. Maybe I should have. But I, well, actually, no, I I did. And I was really confused as to what was going on with the table. (laughs) That's a good summary. Yep. I got to find a big one. Hold on. The album artwork is a painting that is by the artist Amanda Church, and it's entitled Milk Bar, which kind of makes sense based on the picture, but it's a very odd uh, scene that's being depicted. There's a table, like a kitchen table, that has a white liquid, presumably milk, on it. And there's adults sitting at the table. They are painted in a not photorealistic way. They're very sort of kind of cartoonized or something. Their their faces are kind of distorted. And there's a child sitting underneath the table and milk is like dripping down from the table onto the child. That's the, the colors are like cover. very interesting too. Yeah, the colors are kind of earthy reds and blues and greens and stuff mm-hmm. and cream is color is that a what's what's in the child's lap because it kind of looks like a black cat to me i think you might be right i'm not 100 percent sure yeah. i just as a black cat owner i just kind of noticed those things, you know? <laughs> key into that <laughs> i always see it as like the child having angel wings but it's just the person's knees mm. behind oh behind okay I, I was I thought it was like part of like a seat that a they seat, were in, but yeah. It's yeah, I think it's just the knees of that. Person. I think it's yeah. a it's I a racer it X chair or whatever, you know, <laughs> something like that. But yeah, it's very the, interesting, for their very stream. memorable. I think it's one of their better album arts because it's kind of has a weirdness to it. They have some good album art. They do, as opposed to the band we talked about last week. They have some questionable album art too. The rave tapes one, I'm not. A yeah, huge that fan one of. kind of feels a little low effort. I, yeah. I think that album kind of feels a little uh no you whatever. think the album was low effort too <laughs> it doesn't feel like their most inspired work i agree <laughs> but yeah i know you like the album art for hardcore a lot james yeah i was gonna interject with that but i was like yeah i don't need to be selfish yeah here, it's but good yeah i mean I, that is one of my all-time favorite That's album like covers your, i have it blown like up classic james and framed <laughs> in my house yeah it's like <laughs> this band i haven't mean, really talked about it but like this band's sound evokes things that i love to hear in music at nighttime 
city, like urban feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sort of like clean uh, <laughs> lines and <laughs> modernity, I guess, modern stuff. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I get out of it. Whatever. It doesn't sound like a any. It doesn't sound folky to me, or like crunchy, or earthy. You know what I mean? Like it sounds space age or something mm-hmm. and I, I get into music like that a little easier than i do viking metal or something like that you know <laughs> what are those stray thoughts do we have i have one stray thought they recorded this at a studio that they own called castle of doom oh. in glasgow this is the Good first name. album they recorded there i guess they at this point had enough money to buy their own studio and this is the first one I did there. So yeah, <laughs> seriously. What other straight thoughts do we have? We need to do our one sentence summaries, or do we not need to? Either way, let's do I'm it. Fine with it. Uh, either way, I've I've got mine ready. I've got mine ready. I actually thought about it this week. I feel like we need we, wow. if we make an effort. We can recover. I did segment. too. Yeah. All right, James, you go first. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, well, okay. Preparation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was a lot more singing than I thought there would be. Which, all right, that's one sentence. Still means there's not that much, but and this may now be like my favorite Mogwai record in my library. It's it's a contender. I mean, I'm looking forward to listening to it more, and I'm I'm glad. Like sometimes I'm going too far. I just I have to end it there. Yeah, that's good. Um, But it was a two sentence summary. It's it's okay. (laughs) I think it was more than that. Um, Go ahead, Hannah. Hannah's turn. It's Hannah's turn. Sorry, Zach. Hannah, go. Okay. That's fine. Um, really good post-rock album. Probably one of the best. Ooh. Ooh. That's a big claim, Hannah. It's a hot take. <laughs> one of the best post-rock albums, you mean? Yeah, one of the best oh, po- yeah, post-rock I albums. You know what I, I, I also wanted general, to say is I, what, one, one of the things I like Mogwai for, when you say one of the best post-rock albums, it makes me immediately makes me think of Godspeed. And mm-hmm. one of the things I enjoy about Mogwai is that their song lengths are like manageable. Yeah. yeah. Well, they have long songs too, but yeah. they do. They do. Not as long as Godspeed. Actually, especially one, on this album, they're all very short. One stray um, thought. So, like, right before we recorded, I like looked up like the Pitchfork review of this. Did you guys do that? Yeah. No. Pa- no. They panned it. They crushed yeah, it. Yeah. So, I mean, they gave it like a six something. So, yeah, they didn't love it, but basically, <laughs> they didn't like that the songs were short. They like <laughs> liked all the like long ones previously. Wow. Was, like, I was like, okay. I mean, we all. It's pointless. Yeah. Yeah, Whose turn is it? But it was just an interesting take. Zach's Zach, you go. Um, like I've said plenty of times, I love albums with a lot of variety, and I think that's probably why I like this rather than just a, you know, end to end. Here's post rock. Here's tremolo. Here's delay. Mm-hmm. Here's loud. I, I like that it. You know, there's a lot of piano. There's a lot of quiet. There's a lot of loud. Yeah. So agreed. There's a lot of Japanese. <laughs> yeah. I really like the queen, the queen cover too It's really good <laughs> <laughs> Alright one sentence summary Let's see if I can do this Something about Mogwai they're, Nothing they play is that complicated Usually but there's just something about them That's really good And this is one of their best albums So if you haven't listened to them before This is a great place to start What were the screenshots that you were sending us James of your library <laughs> Yeah, I, I Oh did that's just like how I rated it Oh, I see. Like, oh, yeah, in I don't my care. Library. <laughs> Two stars means I love it. One stars mean I like it. No but, stars. But you know that could change. Fault Death ninety five needs to be bumped up. 
It has one star, yeah. yeah. I chose Horses has no I liked stars. It, but it wasn't like... What? No stars. Only two songs on Dogman have stars? Well, the blue stars. If you, Dogman's already been saved to the file, so it's like, I don't need a... Oh, okay, so blue stars overrates. Okay, yeah. so everything has a star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except for that cover. Jeez, that stupid <laughs> cover. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even Go to Hell got one star. <laughs> I like every song on that album. I mean, yeah. Let's talk about Dogman again. Come on. We honestly I gotta say, could do dog, another. King's X we is could do another the band episode. that has stuck with me the most out of anything we've Patrick done. Patrick and I, I like I, do I another King's, King's X episode like now. once a week. <laughs> wait, I have wait, not wait. even thought about King's X since that episode. <laughs> Dang, exactly. I, I think about King's X all the time. I listen to them frequently. Patrick and they I listened to them this morning while we were working. There's out. something about it, right? That's There's something yeah. about it. I like them. It's like they get under your skin, sort of. No, I'm, that's really, that makes me happy, Pat. Zach, what are we going to listen to next week? So next week, we are going to listen to I'm nervous. the album Who Will Cut Our Hair When We're Gone by The Unicorns. Ooh, never heard this. Okay. I feel like you mentioned uh, is, this before or something because that name sounds familiar, I'm, but... I might have. Has anyone listened to The Unicorns? No, James? I, I have this album. Okay. Um, so this album came out in like 2003. It's... Thank you for listening. Thank you for making it this far. If you did, if you'd like to reach out, you can email us at clubclub at hardaudiocables.com. If you'd like to follow us on the socials, uh, I'm mostly on Instagram. I don't use anything else really. Uh, Hard Audio Cables there. Patrick and Hannah, you can follow them at I Wish I Could Skateboard. Hannah's on the Hard Audio Cables too. Maybe more factual to say she's mostly on there too. And Zatch is at the Cookie Monster 258. Hope to hear from you. Really, we really do hope to hear from you. Hope you've enjoyed the episode so far. Thank you for listening. Bye.